0: freaking believe this guy and of course i'm talking about the pinocchio prince andrew welcome back beautiful and amazing human beings this is Zuckernowski and Bichette. and in this video we will be giving you an important update about all the latest developments about the story of the decade can you guess what that story specifically is well that story is of course around mr epstein And one of the biggest updates that I just saw last night was a tweet from Eric Weinstein, who tweeted, quote, I got tired of the mirrored roadblocks that stopped this story from emerging and our press that will not cover it. August 2019, I recorded an unscripted hour about my meeting with Epstein 15 plus years ago. My plan was not to release it if journalists did the job. Here it is. And obviously he's alluding to the fact that this story of the decade has been not only under uh, under underreported, but specifically there has been very little to no justice at all for the thousands of children that were harmed here and can't heal from, of course, the wounds inflicted by them, by these monstrous individuals. Now, I actually listened to this podcast. You did too, Tim. What did you think of it, and what was your reaction to it?
1: Well, first off, Luke, thanks for having me on again. And uh, it seemed like after listening to this, I mean, just to kind of back things up for the viewers here, is that this is a guy who had actually met, uh, had the, the chance encounter with Epstein, was in his actual place and he just kind of goes through and and was able to describe how right from the get-go he even told his wife on the way home that he thought that epstein was nothing but a construct and a poorly constructed that and basically what he means by construct that he was you know that his premonition was that he was some sort of uh you know, he's playing the role of this billionaire hedge fund hedge fund manager it wasn't actually a hedge fund manager, which, you know, someone like myself in the investment world, you know, would probably be able to pick up on that, you know, if somebody actually could walk the walk and, and, uh, and, and the other thing he noticed when he went in there is that, you know, obviously, you know, his place was adorned with, with the very young girls and there was other girls bouncing up and down in his lap. And then also he was able to notice that there was a, uh, you know, different hidden cameras, but they were in very, very obvious places. And so he was wondering if this was meant to, be some sort of test, or if he was supposed to find these hidden cameras, but he, has, but this is something that didn't really surprise him at all. But unfortunately, what we've seen time and time again is that the mainstream media, that what he actually calls the institutional media, which I thought was a great name, that you know they're not willing to cover these stories. And the reason they're not willing to cover these stories is because oftentimes those people in powerful places are involved in these stories.
0: Yeah, he, he explained everything very interestingly. I mean, he originally gets into it in 32 minutes into the podcast. So if you're going to be listening to that podcast, skip to 32 minutes. He goes on and explains the meeting in about two minutes. I was expecting more. There was a phone call that preceded this meeting with Eric that I also want to know the full details of. But I have to commend him from going uh, for going forward with this. But I also want to criticize him because he also came out and had his own theory to what was really happening here that I disagree with. But just to overlay kind of your point, he talked about there being a coffin they're being extremely weird provocative art everywhere. He talked about him dining on an American flag. He talked about the hidden cameras, the young woman that was extremely beautiful, bouncing on his knee as he was talking to him, thinking that this was some kind of test, this was some kind of initiation. Um, and, 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 And again, this completely makes sense when you look at all the other surrounding details that the mainstream media is missing from here, connecting the dots between this being an intelligence operation run uh, espionage organization that was using extortion for power and geopolitical objectives. This is something that Eric agrees on, but Eric goes on and talks about how this is just, you know, a minor thing. These are just some rogue elements of the intelligence agencies, that these are just a few people who are doing this, and that this is extremely rare. And then I have to completely disagree with him with that construct because again, when you look at people like Edward Heath, Jimmy Seville, Peter Nygaard, Dennis Hassard. Uh, 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 Yoris Deming. It is not an anomaly to have powerful people who abuse children in the worst way possible to be in major positions of power and to be able to get away with these crimes without any justice taking place here so it's not an anomaly it's something that happens a lot and probably happens a lot more than we even know about so in that particular instance i definitely disagree with eric on his conclusion of everything but very interesting podcast again skip to 32 minutes in if you want to listen specifically about that meeting that he had with jeffrey epstein in new york city when jeffrey epstein at the time had the biggest uh, house, uh, biggest living accommodations in all of Manhattan. Now, uh, we that have another story that he, w-
1: that, that he got for yeah. one dollar from uh, who is the guy? Lex Wessner from L Brands.
0: Yep, And he also got his airplane, the 727 that's connected to intelligence agencies from that same individual. It's crazy. Uh, Tim, do you want to introduce the next story, which is also eye opening and just makes you go, what the hell?
1: Yeah, so this next story is coming from The Guardian, and it's Prince Andrew won't voluntarily cooperate in Epstein inquiry, prosecutor says. And basically what the article then goes on to say down here is that contrary to Prince Andrew's very public offer to cooperate with our investigation into Epstein's co-conspirators, an offer that was conveyed via press release, Prince Andrew has now completely shut the door on voluntary cooperation, Berman said at a press conference. And our office is considering all options, uh, said Berman. And it is not clear whether Berman would be able to force Andrew's cooperation. Now, the other thing that is uh, you know pretty remarkable from here is the legal team that Prince Andrew, well, I guess it's not really too remarkable that he's hiring the best of the best, but he has hired Claire Montgomery, a British lawyer who has been involved in extradition battles involving Chilean dictator Augusto Pinochet, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, and the Indian diamond dealer Nirav Modi. Yeah,
0: this is really interesting because the New York Attorney General is now considering, quote, other options what other options i mean i can't really find out about i don't think he's he's being very public about it i mean there's literally a school bus an american school bus being driven around buckingham palace right now saying that this man needs to cooperate with law enforcement as he promised he would now if you remember when it, when uh, prince andrew did his interview with the bbc afterwards he promised He, of course, will be coming to the authorities. There's so many victims here. It's only the right thing to do to come forward and to help cooperate in getting justice for these thousands of children. Now just slam the door shut, and this story should really have a lot more attention on it. I know everyone's talking about uh, geopolitical news, everyone's talking about the coronavirus, but this is, again, a major underlining story that really shows you and highlights how things really work in our society. If you're really powerful, you're able to do whatever you want to anyone at any moment in time, as long as you could bribe and pay off, or even have connections or have power over other institutions, including the medical professionals a law enforcement court uh professionals judges it doesn't matter prosecutors it doesn't matter because these people have been far 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 too lucky with getting away with the most atrocious acts and there's too many witnesses there's too many victims here to make this an anomaly and again you look at prince andrew i mean he's also again under fire for being connected with peter Nygard. another Huge money guy with his own private island, also his own 727, who, again, is being accused of the worst acts against small children. This is also the same Peter Nygaard that is also friends with the Bushes, friends with Oprah Winfrey. All these powerful individuals always have to have one degree of separation to these monsters that do unspeakable things. And it makes you really wonder... What the hell is going on here? Because we only know 0.1% of the truth that leaked because of brave witnesses. How much information do we still not know? And when it comes to Prince Andrew and him being connected now to multiple, multiple monsters, uh, you just have to wonder what we don't even know. Which leads us to the next story, and that is just how corrupt (laughs) the jail was that Jeffrey Epstein allegedly committed suicide because authorities have just found a loaded weapon inside that same jail. So as well as other paraphernalia that was not supposed to be there. Tim, what's your reaction from all this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to comment on the, on the Peter Nygaard because I know that he's Canadian and I wasn't really too uh, familiar with everything going on uh, over there in Canada. But yeah, in terms of this loaded gun found, inso- found inside the Manhattan Jail where Epstein is, I mean, so many things don't make sense. I mean, how the prison guards were able to, you know, basically meet their you know their bail and I think it was like over six figures. I mean, I don't know how many, you know, prison guards out there are able to just come up with six figures right there on the spot. I mean, it's just anomaly after anomaly after anomaly. And, you know, at this point... It's, it, and I do have to agree with you, kind of bouncing back to that that uh, Weinstein interview. So here we're talking, you know, the Eric, not to be confused with the other Weinstein, but the uh, the podcast that you were referring to. Sorry, that's Eric Weinstein, where maybe he was painting that picture that uh, you know the rosier scenario is maybe he didn't want to get suicided at the end because you know we take a look at all the things that are going on with the death of Epstein, and obviously you know everyone in the alternative media. We would have been more surprised if that didn't happen. And so now that they find this loaded gun inside the Manhattan jail where Epstein is, I mean, it really just to me seems like it's more uh, you know par for the course for everything that we see going on um, with Epstein. Because you know, surely you know what I forgot the exact numbers, but what they hadn't had a death in that particular prison in like 20 years, and now all of a sudden you know the most high, high profile guy you know in America you know maybe besides. Uh, uh you know what's the uh what's that guy who's smuggling drugs down in uh in in mexico besides el chapo maybe this was probably the most high profile prisoner there was and they can't even keep an eye on him so uh yeah i mean this this story is you know digs really deep but of course you know every time the media wants to talk about it they just want to talk about the connections between trump and epstein but you know it did seem like there was a very big falling out between trump and epstein and uh not sure if that's the direction where you want to take this but you know it's just par for the course of of how uh you know ridiculous everything gets when it comes to anyone that's actually doing any critical analysis of you know what's going on inside the epstein case it-
0: yeah, and then the head of that prison was promoted after failing to do his job. Now, one other thing, going back to, to Eric Weinstein, because again, this should spur a lot of discussion. This should spur a lot of uh, kind of media attention. It's not. This is why we're covering it here as an independent media organization. But, you know, he talked about how this is dangerous for him to even come out with this information, how he knows a friend of his who also is a scientist connected to Epstein that was absolutely horrified and had to run out of Epstein estate and saying that his fellow friend this fellow this fellow scientist was absolutely disturbed at what Epstein was doing then you have to ask yourself you know why didn't he go to the authorities why didn't he report this why didn't he whistleblow why didn't he speak out well that's because every institution is absolutely corrupted by these monsters in our society and uh, I I, you know disagree with Eric on his long-term conclusion but I'm happy he started the conversation there needs to be more of a conversation about this and if you agree Share this video with your friends and family members. We have a brand new start on this brand new channel. Uh, the only way for this to really to grow is to have you amazing human beings get the message out there to the larger public because you guys do. We love you. Stay tuned for more here on, I guess we still don't have a name, but I guess one of our bootleg names is uh, so Change the News. This story hits so yeah, very close to home, me. a little bit too close. And of course, I'm talking about a person that has been diagnosed with the coronavirus attending the CPAC conference that happened a few days ago, a conference that I attended and reported on myself. Now, I remember hearing about the news of this and at first not thinking much of it, being like, it's fine, there's over 10,000 people there, nothing's going to come out of this. But then later that night, not being able to sleep and freaking out, thinking if I was sneezing because of allergies or if I had this virus. And of course, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of panicking. There's a lot of paranoia. We're going to move away from all of this and talk about the bigger takeaways that we have from this CPAC coronavirus story. And there's a lot to take away here. Now, Tim, what are some of the basic facts here that people need to understand about what just happened with CPAC?
1: Yeah, Luke. So, one of the uh, major people who was at CPAC was actually Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz has put himself into a self imposed quarantine. I believe we also have the chairman of CPAC, uh was in direct contact with that individual as well. Uh, a lot of people were at, a diff- at the Shabbat dinner uh, who were in contact with him. But reading from the article right now, we have last night, and this is Ted Cruz speaking, I was informed that 10 days ago at CPAC, I briefly interacted with an individual who is currently symptomatic and had tested positive for COVID-19, Cruz said in a statement Sunday. That interaction consisted of a brief conversation and a handshake. On Sunday, Arizona Republican Paul Gosar joined, which that hits close close to home for me, joined Cruz by self-quarantining. And I am announcing that I, along with three of my staff members, are officially under self-quarantine after sustained contact at CPAC with a person who had been hospitalized since the Wuhan virus. So Luke, you were uh, you know, going over how, you know you know, you weren't really that concerned because there was, you know, like 10,000 other people there. But now it's just the perception of other people being concerned, which is the bigger problem here. So that's why you go to the stores, you don't see toilet paper or hand sanitizer around anymore. So I'm not myself not too worried about uh, the coronavirus, but I'm more worried about people being worried about this that then is, you know, that then causes everybody else to worry, even people like me who aren't worrying. And that's uh, way too many worries in one sentence. But
0: yeah, it's important to meditate. <laughs> I, I definitely re, uh, would uh, recommend people download the Calm app and uh, you know test out some of the free stuff that they have out there. But uh, another important aspect here is that CPAC, this whole organization, has been very tight-lipped about all the details here. And it's only people whistleblowing that are able to get real information out there. And some of the information that we got out there was that this gentleman was there Friday. That he was also there for the Shabbat dinner, but he was also in the VIP room shaking hands with everyone, including the head guy of CPAC, Mr. Schlepp, who shook hands with this patient who has cor- this this person who has coronavirus, who later then and then Schlepp later then shook the hands of people like Donald Trump, Ivanka Trump, Laura Trump, Kushner, and of course many other significant heads in the Republican Party. Um, Tim, uh, uh, Mr. Cruz is also saying that he sh- directly had contact with this person. This is why he's kind of staying away from here. And it's really another person who was there that I saw there, Rahim Kasam. that's really releasing a lot of the information about what people should look out for. But another thing that, that really is, is pointed here is that specifically he's releasing how difficult it is to be tested. A few moments ago, Matt Schlapp, the head of CPAC, tweeted quote tonight we crossed an important threshold cpac ended nine days ago according to the experts we consulted that timing with no new corona cases and no attendees with symptoms is a huge turning point. Over 10,000 in a hotel with the virus present, no one is positive. And then he gave the American flag and thumbs up emoji, which was greeted with a lot of criticism because there are individuals that are being sick and are finding it extremely difficult to be tested for the coronavirus, including uh, uh, Rahim Kasam who of course has flu like symptoms. He was just tested for the flu and he was then allowed after testing negatively for the flu to be tested for the coronavirus. After of course, he detailed his uh, just grueling process on talking about how he was following the protocols calling the government calling the department of health calling the cdc calling hospitals and no one was giving him a direct answer making it very difficult for him and many other individuals to be tested so again that that tweet by my matt Schlepp was absolutely incorrect since of course there's uh, some people who do have some people that i have saw people that were at the same kind of closed quarter events so far just for the record my health is fine, but this also implicates how unprepared a lot of the government facilities here are to properly test people who are having the symptoms and can't get tested. And only Raheem uh, Kasam got tested because he decided to show up at a hospital, which, again, to me is absolutely idiotic that people can't get a clear answer on the telephone who follow The the proper procedure and have to show up to a hospital possibly infecting other people. I still don't understand why we haven't implemented the South Korean method of a drive through testing uh, that allows people to be quarantined in their own car, not getting other people sick. I still don't understand why we're not doing that. There's also a lot of other regulations standing in the way of more tests being done, which, of course, in my opinion, Tim, the government is not prepared to handle. What's your take on that situation?
1: I mean, First off, I'm shocked. I mean, the situation the government's not prepared to handle. But I think another implication (laughs) of this is, I mean, just think about, you know, what this means for large public gatherings. I mean, basically, Donald Trump pretty much built his presidency off the backs of these massive, massive rallies. And now, uh, you know, I mean, what's going to happen to these rallies? I mean, not that I'm over here crying about not having big political rallies. But, you know, I've got to imagine that that's that can't be, you know, a net positive for Donald Trump. You know, if all of a sudden, they have to postpone having rallies. I mean, what if they end up postponing the election? I mean, there's a lot of different places that this can that this can uh, take. And I am looking at the article right now, or the uh, the Twitter feed of Raheem Kassam, and he said that you know he's had to wait online for over 60 minutes from the CDC, and he was calling all these different places, and that they would send him from you know one hospital over to like some generic you know county number. And uh, another thing that he was pointing out, and I'm trying to find it in the article is that basically he's like, you know, for everyone who wants to blame this on Donald Trump, I mean, he's in DC and he's calling people that are in DC and yet, you know, DC is obviously run by all. So here it goes, by the way, for everyone screaming Trump's fault at this, I am talking about the DC department of health. DC is a Democrat-run city. Try harder, and so I think that's a good, you know, point to bring up is that they're trying to pin everything on Donald Trump, and here they are in a Democrat-controlled city with all Democrats running everything in a managed healthcare system, and yet, you know, we can't even get people in the nation's capital who are at a dinner with the president to even get them tested, uh, and so it, it just. You know don't rely on the government for anything for answers i mean the best thing you need to do is to keep yourself uh you know healthy making sure you've got a good immune system taking different vitamins i'm not a i am a financial advisor but i'm not a doctor so you know go go consult your own doctor but i know a point that uh you know luke had brought up during when we're prepping this and maybe he wants to get into this a little bit more is he was talking about the fact that all that the all the presidential candidates are over the age of 70 and those are the ones who are going to be most likely to be affected by anything that's going on with the coronavirus
0: Yeah. And with major events being canceled, how is Donald Trump going to be able to hold this political rallies? How is Bernie Sanders able to hold his rallies? How is Biden going to be sniffing and smelling and touching inappropriately all these people? How will he do that? But we don't know. And of course, this will have a severe impact, on, not only on the elections, but the economy and the reactions of people really matter here. So I'm staying calm. I'm you know taking the basic procedures of not trying to be exposed to a lot of people. I'm doing the basic things that I recommend other people uh, do. But again, one other thing to kind of remind people here is that CPAC, extremely tight lipped. It's only Rahim Kassam that was able to release some of the information. Other people are coming forward to releasing the information so we can actually know what's going on. Now, they're not really, releasing the name of this person who was there in the VIP room who's one of the donors to CPAC that shook everyone's hand because people were afraid of being sued and violating health laws and all this other stuff but the CDC this is important to note here won't test people unless they give the name Of the patient that they were exposed to so uh, I mean that's just shows you just another thing that has been difficult for Raheem Kassam to uh, get through because again uh, even with him knowing the name even with him calling all the, the, the government organizations like you're supposed to do he's got no direct answers until he showed up to the hospital which again puts in danger. The people that you uh, you know transport with, unless you have your own car and you're there by yourself, which very few people do. Uh, this, of course, uh, you know, implicates many, many different scenarios that people should be aware of. Tim, last
1: final closing words on this. Well, I mean, thank God we've got uh, you know a potential tax cut out of this. I mean, I guess the only good thing that's coming out of the coronavirus is now we got cheaper, and, and we might get we a can. tax cut. But there's yeah, they, the Democrats are not keen on trying to have any payroll tax cuts. so. Uh, I know we're trying to wrap this up, so we won't get too much more into that, but we also have Federal Reserve lowering rates. So the government's going to combat this by lowering interest rates to allow companies to get further into debt and by uh, taking Social Security and making it even uh, less funded than it currently is, which is fine by me because I know I'm not going to get it. But uh, I'm glad that we have the government at our back, Luke.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to get into those topics plus a lot more. Uh, definitely stay tuned on this independent media organization on this brand new spanking channel. Stay tuned for more here on change the news. Help us. Help us. figure out a name in the description. Stay tuned for more. Uh, love you guys.